All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show. Your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis. Here's your host, Frank Saravalli. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show. Today is Thursday, January 13th, and we're streaming live on dailyfaceoff.com as well as Twitter and YouTube. He is former NHL netminder Mike McKenna. What's going on? How are you doing, Mike? I'm good. You know, I'm going to be headed down to sunny Florida a little bit later today for some St. Lawrence hockey alumni meetings and be nice to see some of those folks and maybe sit on a beach, Frank. I haven't done that in a while, man. So some meetings. Yeah. They they just happen to be in a warm place. Yeah. That's so that's yeah. Hey, look, as long as your wife's on board with it, uh, we're all good (laughs) with it here. Let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and let's dive in with a little goalie talk. Carl Vimelka. What a ridiculous game last night for the Arizona Coyotes, who, by the way, Arizona, going to give you a little golf clap, not in last place anymore in the National Hockey League standings. That now belongs to the Montreal Canadiens by virtue of points percentage. And uh, slowly but surely, on the back of Carl Vemelka, who kind of came out of nowhere, Mike, the Arizona Coyotes are playing some decent hockey. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, like, listen, Vimelka came out of nowhere. Uh, he'd been playing in the Czech League for the better part of five, six seasons. He was a Nashville Predators draft pick, wasn't signed with them. Last night, he goes 45 for 46 against the Maple Leafs. And after the game, he said, eh, it's always better to see more shots early. Okay, Corral, you had 20 shots in the first period, dude. Like, <laughs> during the course of the game, 11 of those were from Austin Matthews. Like, 
you're facing down the best sniper, arguably one of the top three snipers in the NHL. Uh, and, and I think, you know, the start of his season could probably fool you. Didn't win many games, but he has quietly adapted to the North American game. And, you know, people I've talked to within the Coyotes say, hey, he's a really likable guy. He's got a great attitude. He's done a ton of video to learn situations in North America. And he's been open to adjustments. And I've seen that, you know, he's taken that Euro East West game and, and adapted to more so to the NHL. And uh, the guy just works hard. You know, Ryan Dezingle afterwards said, man, he just he comes in, he's prepared, he's ready to go. And some of his best games, Frank, have been when he has faced 40 or more shots this year. He's two and one in those games. He's been outstanding in them. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think that you get 45 or more shots and he's got two wins out of the three times it's happened. I wanted to also point out this other little stat that I thought was fascinating. You think back to when the Coyotes were really getting beat up on at the start of the season. Vimelka in net 0-7-1, but had a mm-hmm. 920 save percentage, which is bananas. And by the way, another little stat to throw at the audience Mike McKenna and Carl Vimelka, two Nashville Predators goaltending draft picks that didn't end up playing for the team. So there you go. You have that in common. I wonder if he has as good a draft jersey as I do, though. Look at this baby right here, Frank. Look at that. The old mustard yellow with the saber cat. That's a beauty there. Yeah, you're pulling that straight from the closet of fame. I love that. uh, I love everything you got going on in there. It's still one of the best media setups going right now. Yeah, I'm trying. I mean, it's just faking it. It's what I was always good at. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just funny that, you know, you have your, you know, you're like, I have all this stuff, but where do I put it? And your wife's like, well, we do have a closet over here that no one's using. So yeah. go ahead and put it in there. <laughs> that should not be all about me, man. I got my closet. That's enough. The rest is about the family and the kids. Yeah, I love that. Uh, it's fun to, to yank your chain as well. Let's talk uh, a little bit more about that Coyotes game last night. We almost saw a, a an Austin Matthews Michigan goal, but we talked a lot about the trophy races last week. We did the Hart, Norris, Calder, and Vezina, but one that we didn't really spend a lot of time focusing on was the Rocket Richard race. Austin Matthews keeps his streak rolling. He is now second in the league in goals, only two back of Leon Dreisaitl, and he's really closed the gap here in the last six weeks. My money, Mike, is on Austin Matthews winning the Rocket this year. He obviously has played a few less games, but look at the tear that he's been on since December 1st, 14 goals in 12 games. And what's more surprising looking at this trend is that Alex Ovechkin only has five goals in the last 14 games. He's 53rd in the league in goal scoring since December 1st. So Ovi's been a little quiet and Matthews has been on a tear. Who would you be putting money on at the moment to win the Rocket? I think it's Matthews as well. And, and I thought that even as far back as a month or so or a month and a half ago when we looked at this the last time, and you know, you looked at his pace at the beginning of the year and the pucks just weren't going in the net. He was still getting chances. The advanced metrics that we had seen said, hey, Austin Matthews is really going to start to put some pucks in. And you know, you're seeing it now. He's got 17 goals in his last 15 games and they've come in bunches. And what I find interesting about it, though, is the last three games he's played without Mitch Marner. Uh, Marner hasn't been in the lineup. And it hasn't affected Matthews at all. He can do this on his own. You know, he's got four goals in those three games, and they've all been five on five. And when you watch him play, that's where I see the biggest uh, asset to his game is that he, he's so big and rangy, but still so explosively quick that he can do it in different ways, Frank. Like you can, you can 
give it to Matthews on the power play. He can one time at home, but he can also take it through the neutral zone, set up shop in zone and, and drive the net and score. There's a lot of different ways. And I, I think it's built for the future. Toronto's good. I don't see them falling off at all. So I, I do would think money is on Matthews. I do think it's really interesting to see Alex Dabrink at that top, that high up on the list. But uh, with a poor team like Chicago, I would not expect him to be able to give Matthews a run for his money. Yeah, I was just going to say, actually, you know, it's surprising that people haven't really talked as much about Dabrinkit this year and the season that he's having. And it's kind of amazing that we're in January. You've got the Hawks and the Habs squaring off tonight. And, you know, you look at these teams, Montreal coming off a run to the Stanley Cup final, all the expectations that Chicago went into the season with. And really, the game doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot tonight for either team, given where they stand in the standings. An interesting development for. Colorado Avalanche rookie defenseman Bowen Byram. Uh, he's He went home, uh, as reported by the Colorado media, to really take some time off after suffering a third concussion of his career. Uh, you read the sort of heartbreaking quotes that came out from his dad, who is also a former National Hockey League player, Sean Byram, to Adrian Dater of Colorado Hockey now saying that his son basically said to him, I can't do it. I can't play and feel like this. And you hear something like that, Mike, and it hurts because Bowen Byram just has all this talent. You look at the way that he started the season. Had he been healthy, had he kept going at the pace that he was on, we were looking at a potential point-per-game defenseman or certainly knocking on the door in that neighborhood. He helps transform that Colorado back end, giving them that much more depth uh, when you have someone like Kale McCarr leading the charge. What stands out when you, for you when you hear something like that from such a young player? Well, it's so concerning because I think if you talk to any hockey player that's played at a higher level, you have friends that have been through similar things where they've been diagnosed with a concussion, but it just takes forever to recover from it. Even when they've been cleared, they can still have lingering effects. And, uh, you know, when after Byram suffered his first one last year, then he had COVID-19 and he had vertigo and, and all of these things lined up. And for a 19-year-old last year and a 20-year-old this year, it's just so much early on in your career. And he's getting good support. Uh, by all accounts, the Avalanche have done everything they can to get him healthy to support him. His parents have taken a really big role in it, but you just worry about him. You know, like you want him to be able to succeed in the NHL. And I do, when I watch him play, I, I was always a little nervous, you know, and, and this is not victim shaming in any way. It's just that he ended up in difficult positions pretty often. And, you know, you, you do need a level of protection to some degree, but you also can have some bad luck mixed in there. You can't ultimately control what the other team is doing to you in games, but you can help a little bit. Um, I just, I hope that he gets healthy and I hope he comes back strong because again, at 20 years old with all this talent, he had five goals in, in 18 games to start the year, frankly, like he was going to be a big piece of that Colorado blue line. Yeah, I think there's so many things that strike you about the story as long as we've been talking about concussions in the league that, you know, there's still so many things that we don't know. It feels like, you know, we've gotten some help in terms of treatment. Teams have certainly been way more understanding, but there's a few things that leave me sort of hopeful about Bo and Byram. One is that he recognizes this is an issue. He's not mm -hmm. trying to play through it. Two, he's comfortable speaking out publicly about it. We saw a story from Peter Ball earlier in the season on The Athletic that was basically saying like, he came home from the game one night. His mom was uh, staying in his apartment and she saw him and right away recognized Something's not right here. So he's also getting the help from his parents as a young guy that I think, you know, certainly has his safety in, in mind and his uh, best interest in mind. So 
hope Bowen Byram is on the mend and that he takes all the time that he needs to get back because he's such a special, special player Mm -hmm. uh, for the Colorado Avalanche. Mike, it's Tuca time tonight, finally, for the Boston Bruins after a false start, seeming like he was heading down to Providence last week on a tryout deal. Uh, doesn't end up getting the start in Providence to sort of ease his way back into pro hockey after so much time off. The game's postponed due to COVID against the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. And in this case, the Boston Bruins said, you know what? The heck with it. We're signing you to a one-year, $1 million deal prorated. He'll earn about $545,000 when it's all said and done this season for his work with the Bruins. My question to you, as a former Vezina Trophy winner in Tukarask, what are the Bruins getting, and how how much rust do you think will be there, or has he taken enough time, enough shots, enough time in practice to really hit the ground running tonight with the Bruins? I think they're getting a bit of a question mark, and I think that the reason why they're comfortable with just putting Rask right into the fire is because they've had two goaltenders that have performed pretty well for them this year, and especially Allmark. Uh, I think he's been really good lately. You know, he's he's twelve and five on the season. Okay, he's getting wins for the team. Swayman's been less consistent, but the Bruins wouldn't necessarily go to Rask in this type of scenario if they didn't think he could perform right away. He's faced a lot of shots. He's gotten his timing back, and the tracking is the biggest thing. Anytime you take as much time off as he has, you're going to need two, three weeks worth of tracking pucks and practice to get that back. Your movements, it's kind of like riding a bike. You don't forget how to do that, but you got to get your eyes on pucks. He's going to be, the, the true test for me, Frank, is going to be how he deals with traffic in front of him. You can't replicate that in a practice setting. If Rask is trying to find the puck, uh, getting his eyes on it and not being overly, you know, over moving too much and playing close to home, I think it's a good sign. I would expect there to be some rust. Um, but he's been such a consistent goaltender in his career. I mean, a 921 career, you know, last year wasn't as good because he was battling injury most of the season. But if he's 100% healthy and he has faced plenty of shots in practice, I think Rask should be able to get back to his top level pretty soon. But the, the Bruins do have good support with Ullman and Swayman right there with him. Yeah, it's also probably a little bit opponent-dependent as well. The Philadelphia Flyers have not exactly been lighting the world on fire. Rask has great career numbers against the Flyers, and the Flyers have just five goals scored in their last three games. They've lost five straight. Tonight should be a little bit of a different look from the Flyers because they've gotten so many guys back from COVID, including Captain Claude Giroux, but... Still, uh, all eyes will be on Tuca time in Boston. And hopefully, after all this time off, that the Boston Bruins fan base finally appreciates what Tuca brings to the ice. Hopefully, he can back to that Vezina level. Still a relatively young guy now that he's back to full health. Let's get to our insider segment with another edition of Icebreakers. All right, Frank, I'm taking over. Time for you to drop that knowledge on us here, buddy. I tell you what, it's been a pretty wild last couple days in the hockey world talking about potential signings and one player in particular, Evander Kane. And the NHL sent out a memo yesterday to all 32 teams specifically about Evander Kane. What did it say? How much of an impact will it have on any team looking to potentially sign him? Well, I think it's really cooled things off. You think about the flurry of interest that began in in the beginning of the week with Evander Kane formally becoming an unrestricted free agent on Sunday. 
I'm told as many as 16 teams had talked to the Kane camp and he had conducted interviews with teams. There were calls from players on these teams trying to recruit uh, Evander Kane. And then this memo comes out on Wednesday from the NHL head office, which basically says the league has you know, partied an independent investigation that will now look into exactly what happened with Evander Kane's cross-border travel over the holiday period. And so what's alleged is that Kane tested positive for COVID-19 on December 21st while playing for the AHL San Jose Barracuda and then crossed into Canada uh, on a trip home on December 29th on a flight. That breaks uh, Canadian Quarantine Act rules and and regulations. Uh, and so that would also be out of line uh, to travel without medical clearance as per the NHL's COVID-19 protocol. Kane's still on an NHL contract at the time, so they have jurisdiction. And the interesting part of the memo was that the NHL basically hinting, and I've printed the memo in full on dailyfaceoff.com, that Kane could be subject to an NHL disciplinary hearing with Commissioner Bettman should they have facts here that establish that he did indeed violate the protocol again. So why is that significant? Well, Kane was already suspended for one uh, significant COVID violation back on October 18th for 21 games to start the season, forfeited almost $1.8 million in salary for submitting a fake COVID-19 vaccination card. So, Mike, you've been around a long time. You know how the NHL uh, discipline system works. If he indeed had another significant violation, well, we could be dealing with instead of a 21-game suspension the first time around, what does the second one look like? It's all hypothetical at this point, but Mm -hmm. that's what has given teams pause. What if you're looking at a 40-game suspension for Evander Kane? Well, then would teams still want to sign him? I mean, there's an awful lot here. It sounds like the NHL has an pretty wide leeway to do what they like. I mean, could a, could a team still sign him now without having that information? That is possible. Yes. It, a team could just say, you know what, we'll take whatever risk comes with this. We believe strongly in Evander Kane and we're going to sign him right now without having that information. The NHL uh, hasn't advised teams to hold off or anything like that. However, I just don't see a team being willing to take on that risk and the potential PR hit that comes with signing a player uh, with Evander Kane who has so much baggage that comes with him if, in fact, you're not really going to be able to use him much in the regular season. I think maybe depending on what kind of discipline, if any, comes from it, that a team might be willing to take a stab a little bit closer to uh, the trade deadline. Like, let's say... Uh, the NHL makes a determination and says, hey, um, you know, you're suspended for 40 games. and That means he can play the final three of the regular season and the playoffs. Well, then that's a bit of a different story as well. But the money that you sign him for now would all be going to the NHL's emergency player assistance fund as part of the suspension. So you'd be paying money, not having the player at your disposal and taking the PR hit. I think there's a lot of teams at the moment. We saw the report from Kevin Weeks on Wednesday that said that it's down to the final two. We believe the Edmonton Oilers are one of those teams. A number of teams were in and then out that they probably just hold on and say, Let's get more information. The NHL is in in the process of gathering that at the moment. They think that it shouldn't take too long, but it all depends on the cooperation that they get from Evander Kane and his agent and Dan Milstein. We'll see where all this goes. 
It's possible that Kane signs in the, sh- in the short term, but I think teams have sort of cooled on the idea until they know more. It's murky. There's a lot going on there. Uh, I can't imagine that uh, any team's lining up to do things without at least some modicum of, uns- of certainty moving forward. Uh, earlier this week, tragic news uh, out of Connecticut with uh, the death of 16-year-old Teddy Balkind, and it was an on-ice incident on the ice. And uh, Frank, the one thing in my life that scared me when I played with skate blades terrified me. And I did everything I could to protect my neck and trying to find the right things I can even for my daughters while they're playing. And it makes me wonder, is USA Hockey considering any potential equipment changes? Yeah. And just to your point, just heartbreaking news. Um, Teddy Balkan, uh, you know, you see an incident like that and, and you read the report about uh, certainly a skate blade cut that that uh, resulted in loss of life. It, you know, you, you can't even wrap your brain around what that means. Mm. But the timing of it is interesting because USA Hockey, the governing body of the sport here in the country, has gathered for their annual winter meetings in Florida. And it's certainly a topic of conversation and a big one at that, um, certainly with their protective safety equipment committee that's meeting. Uh, one of the things that's on the table is potentially making net guards mandatory for all youth players up to age 18. Um there's just been lots of different uh, studies and, and information that the committee is still gathering at the moment, which pieces of equipment actually work, some testing that needs to be done. Uh, you know, they don't want to set up a situation where some players try to skirt it and simply uh, just have a piece of cloth on their neck. Uh, they found actually the committee that there's some pieces of equipment that are out there that could be more detrimental when wearing, that the skate blade bounces off and actually could do more harm uh, depending on the type of equipment. So they're trying to get to the bottom of it. It's something that's of high priority. Um, a, a catastrophic injury like that, uh, certainly with regards to a skate cut, hasn't happened all that often in mm-hmm. the in, in the USA Hockey's history. So they're working on it and, and certainly want to make some changes and some recommendations that would keep everyone safer. I know you mentioned it's a concern for you as a coach yeah. of, of eight new players here for me. Like it's one of the big things that I think about. You see players jump into a dog pile, uh, certainly around the goalie, skates flying in the air, collisions. Like yeah. it makes your heart sink, makes your heart sink for the Balkan family uh, in Connecticut. Love to see the response from NHL players, particularly putting their sticks out for Teddy Balkan and the response on social media. But I think everyone's concerned here, especially from USA Hockey on down, on keeping everyone safe. There's a requirement they already have with Hockey Canada to wear a neck guard. I think Sweden has one as well. USA Hockey certainly could be next. Yeah, it's uh, it hit home. Hits home, you know. My goalie partner in Lowell, Massachusetts, when I played there in the Devils organization, Jeffrey Z, came, you know, just really close to having his neck. Um, sliced in a bad way. Of course, Clint Malarchuk, uh, life saved on the ice. This is something that I think equipment-wise could see a lot of improvement, Frank, and I hope that it comes for everybody. Uh, thanks for dropping your knowledge on us. This has been yet another segment of Icebreakers with Frank Saravalli. All right, Mike, it's time for our daily face-off inbox question of the day. Hit us up on Twitter, hashtag AskDFO. We'd be happy to take your question. And lots of social media reaction 
to the Chris Weidman headbutt on Eric Halla that has earned him a hearing with the Department of Player Safety. Want you to put on your referee helmet, your Tim Peel style number twenty jersey, and, and give us a a reaction to the headbutt and what you think this is worth in terms of a suspension. Should he be suspended? Well, I think if he's getting to hearing, there's probably a good chance of it. I'd be surprised if it was more than a game or two uh, because I watch it play. And I think like Howell has got Weidman so tied up, like in the Cobra clutch. Like, I mean, he's not getting out of this thing. And you can tell that Weidman's kind of at the point where it's like, dude, just get off me, you know? And sometimes in the in the course of action, you just, you lose control. And it, I think that that was about the only thing he could do to try to get Howell off of him. You're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to headbutt anybody. Um, I don't think it was that bad. I've seen worse. So, uh, but it is something you just flat out can't do in the NHL. You can't headbutt people. So, um, I, I think a game or two seems likely here. Uh, but I can also understand why Weidman was at that point where it was like, man, I just I got to get this guy off me, and he kind of just his wires crossed, and he he just lost it for a second. I that's what I think, Frank. I, you, you think any different on this one? No, I think it's worth a game. I mean, look, the NHL has made it clear, especially with some previous suspensions, and they've been closely watching headbutts that they want to make sure they nip this in the bud so that it doesn't become a thing. So uh, I agree when he's in a headlock, not a lot you can do, but you still got to hold ground there and, and try and not do that. So not overly egregious. The force wasn't incredible. The impact wasn't uh, severely detrimental or something that injured Halla. Obviously, Halla was pretty excited and upset afterwards getting wide into <laughs> the ice and getting a few punches in. But uh, yeah. I can understand from both sides why it happened, but still, the NHL is trying to curb it. So I think we end up with one. Let's get to our daily faceoff daily bets. Tyler Uremchuk, man, speaking of, uh, you know, headbutts, you got uh, slapped <laughs> around a little bit last night on the NHL circuit. Yeah, I wasn't quite sure where you were going with that for a second. But uh, yeah, rough little 0-2 night. I mean, the Bruins put up five, but Taylor Hall didn't get involved at all. And then uh, we missed on the over-under thanks to the previously mentioned Carol Vamelka. So we look to bounce back tonight. It's a busy night in the NHL, and it feels like it's been a long time since we've had a busy night on the ice in the NHL. So let's jump right into it, courtesy of our friends at PointsBet. And I'm starting with a matchup between the Blues and Kraken. And I am eyeing up. The St. Louis puck line paying out plus 115 there. St. Louis 14-3-2 on home ice this season. And they've covered the puck line in 10 of those 14 wins as well. Seattle 4-10-2 on the road. And they've actually been beaten by two or more goals in seven of those 10 losses as well. Seattle coming off a loss last night to Dallas 5-2. So they didn't cover the puck line there either. I love taking St. Louis to win by two or more tonight at plus 115. My second game I'm looking at before we get to the player prop is the matchup between the Kings and Penguins, where I'm taking the road team in this hockey game, not getting quite as bold on the puck line, but I am taking them to win this game in regulation at plus 105. I need a Tristan Jari start to be confirmed at daily faceoff before I put my money down. But if Jari starts, I love the Penguins to win this game. They're 9-1 and in their last 10. They're 11-4-3 on the road. They've been a tremendous road this season in LA, they've been, you know, a pretty meh home team with a record of 12, 8, and 2. I'm taking Gino and the Pens to keep their hot streak rolling in LA with a regulation win. And to wrap things up, I'm going to the Islanders for my player prop. Matt Barzell has picked up an assist in seven games in a row with 11 assists over that stretch as well. A couple multi Apple games. For Barzell, he's rolling right now, and I think he can keep it going against a Devils team that has allowed 13 goals in their four games 
so far this month. And they're also expected to be going with John Gillies between the pipes. So I like Barzell to pick up an apple tonight against the Devils. And that's all I got. Three plays tonight, Frank. Yeah, it's interesting just to watch how teams are decimated by COVID. You look at all the guys that are out for the Winnipeg Jets tonight. They're still a favorite against the Detroit Red Wings on the road. So uh, certainly a lot to keep our eye on. We'll see how you do tonight. Best of luck, Tyler. That's our daily face-off, daily bet segment. Now let's get to my favorite segment of the show, and that's garbage time. Mike McKenna, what's caught your eye? What's uh, What are you interested in from around the league? Well, I'm watching TNT last night. And I'm watching some of the most entertaining hockey coverage I've seen ever. And credit to Paul Bissonnette because he's driving the driving the bus here, man. Like, look at this dude. He's got the coyote on his head. He's got the shades on. Undone. I guess he's got his buttons down to his chest. Like, this is what the NHL needed: personality on air. And they needed an, a they needed somebody to let people run with it. Okay. Like we were so stuffy in the NHL that we weren't selling the game properly. And I think TNT has done a great job of bringing in the fan, letting them be part of the conversation, letting them have some laughs, man. Like this guy, somebody would have gotten buried for doing this on air a couple of years ago. Like this was off limits, you know? And I'll tell you what, I got a lot of friends. Like I live in St. Louis, Missouri. Okay. This is not Toronto when it comes to hockey, but I have a lot of casual hockey fans. They like the blues and that's about it. TNT has made a destination viewing for them because they love the interaction between the guys on set. Biz, Liam, Anson, talk. Wayne Gretzky has become entertaining because of this. And it sells the game. It makes it fun. It's the reason to watch. And I'm just, it excites me, man. It's exactly what I'd always envisioned uh, TV and media being for hockey. And uh, that wasn't always uh, what everybody else thought sometimes. So I just think it's great that we're kind of pushing some boundaries here in hockey finally. And, and man, a huge force for this is biz like biz has been awesome for, for, for the game, for TNT. And it's making a lot of people really want to watch our sport. Yeah, no doubt. My only complaint is that there just haven't been enough games on TNT and so many of them have yeah. been late 10 o'clock or 1030 starts throughout the season. You're like, we love this. Give us more of it. I'm hoping that we see lots more of it. Uh, mm-hmm. And certainly we will as we get to playoff time with every game on national TV in the playoffs. By the way, like love how Biz is, is unafraid to say things that... Uh, you know, you just wouldn't hear on TV. Even his tweet leading into the show last night were horned up like Kodak Black. Like, I mean, he actually used <laughs> horned up at one point during the broadcast previously oh. that I heard. I heard him ask Gary Bettman, the commissioner, after the Winter Classic, if he had any drinks during the game. I mean, there's been, there's, you know, previously, I think the NHL itself would have bristled at this. So I think the yep. league deserves some credit as well for being open to whatever TNT and guys like Biz are bringing to the table. And want to give a little shout out to my pal Nabil Kareem moving from ESPN to TNT, joining their team in the studio. He's going to do some NBA, also some NHL, a Canadian going down to Atlanta. Love to see it. Nabil is awesome. So best of luck to Nabil and the entire TNT team. That is all the time that we have for today's Daily Faceoff show. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com for all the latest news, insight, and analysis from around the National Hockey League. We'll be back here tomorrow, 12 noon Eastern, for our last show of the week. Until then, have a great day, everyone. Thanks for watching the Daily Faceoff show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? 
Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.